Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. We all said together, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. If you want it, you have to take it. If I could draw your attention to here in Matthew chapter 11 where Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. Jesus is giving John the Baptist really one of the highest compliments that ever can be given. Jesus is saying that John the Baptist is the baddest prophet to ever live. Up until their time, Elijah is the prophet that they always think of as the greatest prophet. But Jesus says, well, I want you to know that when it comes to being born of a woman, there's never been anybody, when we talk about somebody who got here through birth, a woman had them, I want you to know there's never been anybody greater than John the Baptist. He says that. But right on the heels of saying that, he then says, and whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I got some good news this morning for anybody who feels like they are the last anybody that God ought to do anything for. I've become very familiar not just with God but with the working of the enemy and one of the things the enemy likes to do, the Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air and that means that he can put a thought in your head he can't make you dwell on that thought but he likes to put a thought in your head and one of the thoughts he likes to put in our heads is not whether or not God can but if God will most of us would agree that God is able most of us would agree we're in church most of us would agree that there's nothing too hard for God most of us would agree that he's the alpha and the omega he's the beginning and the end most of us would agree that power belongs to God the question isn't whether or not God can heal but will he heal it's not can he deliver but will he deliver it's not can he bless But will he bless? And where the enemy attacks a lot of us is he attacks us not in the ability of God, but the worthiness of the petitioner. Very often we approach clergy and I'm honored to pray for you, but we do it and there's nothing wrong with doing it, but we do it because we believe that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. We have faith in prayer, but we also have a tendency to have faith in prayers of others because the enemy likes to attack us around our own prayer life. And the enemy likes to come in and remind us of what we did and remind us of how we missed it and take us back into our past and replay mistakes to us. And as a result of that, tries to disqualify us.
by our own past. He brings our own mistakes to us and then disqualifies us from what God has promised simply because we are human. Can I give you a good word? Just because you're human doesn't mean that you are disqualified from the promises of God. As a matter of fact, the promises of God are made to humans, meaning that God understands how we're formed. He knows we are dust. He knows what you like. He knows what you thirst for. He knows your thoughts are far off. I believe it's why Jesus says, ah, but I got good news for you. Whoever is least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. Now, the way I just laid that out to you is how I've always preached it and how I've always thought of it and how I've always considered it. I considered it a way for the Lord to confirm justification. Because the Bible says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We are in grace because we have been justified by faith. Not at me. You know, you've heard that before. Justify. Just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never made a mistake. That we have been justified by faith. And we have peace with God through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand and we live and rely on the love that God has for us. That's how I've always preached this passage. I've always preached it that it is a confirmation of the justification and the justifying power of faith in the gospel. But this morning, when I looked at it, I saw it in a different way. I started to ask the Lord, Pastor, why would Jesus say how great John the Baptist was and then say, but whoever in here is least, whoever is the least in here, whoever is the least watching, whoever thinks to themselves, yeah, but that don't go for me because you don't know what I did and you don't know what I thought and you don't know where I was last week and you don't know the kind of stuff that goes through my head. Why would Jesus say that simply just to encourage or could it actually have deeper meaning? And could there actually be a power in being least Maybe if you're in here, maybe if you're watching and you feel least, I know there are times when I feel least. Preacher, still feel least. Save, still feel the least. Raise the church, still feel the least. Oh my Lord. Believe in God for my miracle and wondering if I even ever deserve it. Now, if the pastor feel that way and the elders feel that way, somebody in the congregation ought to be like, oh, yeah, Pastor Andy, on a regular basis, I think to myself, why am I even praying? Maybe, 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 maybe the reason why God chooses the lowly things and the things that are not 
to shame the wise is because there's something about being in the knot. Maybe when you're in the knot, you're in your most powerful moment. Maybe when you're weak, you're really strong. Maybe when you feel like you don't know what you're going to do, you're exactly in the place where God can talk to you. Maybe you're more powerful broken than you are when you feel good about yourself. Maybe being least makes you lean. <laughs> maybe when you're least, maybe when you're not feeling so safe, maybe when you're not feeling so good, maybe you're going through what you're going through because the Lord likes you when you feel least. Because when you least, you lean on him. My grandmama used to sing a song that said, what a fellowship, what a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. I wish I had a church, somebody in here, help me preach this. What a righteousness, what a peace is mine. Church, I'm leaning. Where the old church folk at? Leaning, safe and secure from all alarm, leaning. Church, I'm leaning. Church, I'm leaning. The only reason I'm still on my feet is because I'm leaning. The only reason why I'm still breathing is because I'm leaning. I'm leaning on not the government. Not Biden, my Lord, I hope he's awake. Not Trump, hold oh, Jesus, help us. Not whoever trying to get in here next. If you are leaning on your money, you're leaning on the wrong thing. Maybe you're depressed because there's a depression from you leaning on something that cannot support your weight. Maybe if you could ever decide to lead, y'all gonna have to get with me this morning because I feel like preaching in here this morning. Maybe your problem is you ain't leaning on the wrong, on the right thing. Now, I was pretty smart, born smart, went to a good school, had good SAT scores, but I found out that there was nothing like leaning uh, on the everlasting arms. I had good family. I grew up with my daddy, but I found out that when your father and mother forsake you, you can lean. I'm leaning on Jesus. I have decided I'm leaning on Jesus. I have decided I'm leaning on God. I'm leaning on prayer. This world is too fickle, Elder Clark. There's too much uncertainty. Hear my grandmama saying, on Christ the solid rock, I stand all of the ground. Sinking sand sinking sand part of the problem with a lot of us is we building on sinking sand but when you get leased you start leaning when you get leased you start learning because when you get leased you realize that what you thought you knew was not enough and you knew what you knew till you knew what you didn't know. And then when you knew what you didn't know, I know I speak English. When you find that out, you will start all the way over and learn something brand new. Maybe there's something about being leased that makes you learn. Maybe there's something about being leased that makes you laugh. <laughs> 
I got all of them. Lord gave them to me this morning. Baby, there's something about being least makes you laugh. You got to laugh to keep from crying. I, I need a witness. You got to laugh to keep from crying. You, you, you read the paper and you're like, my God, there's a drought in China and this, this, this is going on and that's going on. Listen, let the joy of the Lord be in my strength. I got I to gotta laugh to keep from slapping somebody. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you laughed and somebody got upset and then you had to tell them, I laughed so I wouldn't kick you. I laughed so I wouldn't knock you out. I laughed so I wouldn't cuss you out. I laughed so that I could still qualify for what God has for me by faith. I rebuke the devil and I refuse to allow the circumstances to make me give up on what God promised me. Oh my God. Because I'm least got nothing to do but laugh. I'm least I got nothing to do but live. I might as well live. Some of the people who are living the most are people who have survived their least. Talk to somebody that survived cancer. They're living. They are living. Talk to somebody who almost lost their life. They are living. They make up in their mind after what I've been through, after what they put me through. After what I survived, the devil should have killed me when he had the chance. But since I'm still breathing, I might as well have a good time. I might as well go see something. I was afraid to leave my city till I almost died. When I got on the other side, I said, let me get on a plane and go somewhere. Because since I'm going to die anyway. When you least, you look. When you least, you love. You realize how least you are. You realize you need some Body, want to get to my point though this morning. My point is that the reason why God says that whoever is least is greater is because when you least, you leap. Maybe because Peter always had a big mouth and was always saying the wrong stuff and was hearing get behind me saying maybe feeling like he was the most carnal and the most ghetto and the most country and the most want to fight somebody. Maybe that most want to fight somebody is the thing that made him get out the boat. One of the most challenging things in my experience is how careful I got when I became successful. When I didn't have nothing, what was there to risk? <laughs> you don't mind giving somebody your bank account when ain't no money in there. 
Well, which had a witness. You might be scared somebody gonna take something from it if you got something in there. But if it's empty anyhow, then you might as well go ahead and give them all of the routing numbers or whatever, because you ain't got nothing but sixty dollars in there anyway. And they can have that sixty dollars because the sixty dollars is not enough. Sometimes if they're gonna lay you off, then you might as well do your dream. If I'm going to lose stuff when I come out on the other side, I'm not going back to how stuff was before. I'm so, so sorry. I don't know how you see COVID, but for me, COVID is an excuse to stop doing anything that wasn't working that you didn't want to do before. Oh, I need a witness on that one. If, if, if I don't want to do it no more, I might as well take a leap. I might as well try something new. I might as well understand that I'm going to have to take it. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and Forceful men lay hold of it. Now, when we put that other that other NIV up there, I got a small, tiny little attitude. It's not my team's fault. They're putting the scriptures up there. That is what's online right now. That's the new NIV. And the new NIV and other translations almost make it seem like this passage is saying that the kingdom is assaulted by violence or assaulted by force as if John the Baptist is in prison and so Jesus is saying this about John the Baptist and then saying and you know what from the days of John the Baptist until now violent men are always trying to do something violent to the kingdom and the kingdom suffered violence and violent folk come in here and are just doing stuff and to me i i, I get it i understand it i i re i've read it in several translations i read it in the original language i got you my problem with that translation of it is it makes us victims and i'm sorry i'm just tired of swallowing victimy. I'm just done. I'm just done being everybody's victim. I'm done with you being a victim because you're black. I'm done with you being a victim because you're Hispanic. I'm done with you being a victim because you're a woman. I'm done with you being a victim because you're a white man. I'm done with you being a victim. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm done. Maybe I was a victim at one time, but the V-I-C in victim is also the V-I-C in victory, my Lord, my God. And I've decided to grab another V-I-C for you and me. I just made that up right now. That I am not about laying down. I have decided I ain't nobody's punk. I have decided I ain't nobody's plaything. I have decided that since the devil didn't kill me when he had the chance, I now have decided to take this passage the way I was taught it. 
Because the way I was taught it was, whoever's least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. They used to sing a song, the kingdom, suffer violence and the violent, take it by force. And it was a whole chorus of take, take it, take, take, take it, take, take it, take it by force, take, take it, take, take, take it. If I sound like I'm making fun of it, I am not making fun of it because I want y'all to get downright grabby in here. I want you to decide that you are tired of waiting for somebody to give you that thing and you are going to make a demand on heaven. I'm preaching to somebody in here. You're going to make a a demand on heaven, a demand on your purpose, and you are going to take it. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. I know I talk about my parents a lot. I'm one of the few African Americans who were actually raised with both their parents. And I talk about it because black people, I know everybody, not everybody here is black, but black people, this is the way that I was raised. And unfortunately, it's almost abnormal. But my mom and my dad were not the same. They just weren't. My mother was wonderful and amazing, loving and kind. When my mom made you something, you could sit at the table. She would bring it over to you, put it down on the table, rub your head, give you a kiss. My mom would send me checks in the mail. The love of that mama, whoo, my God, wouldn't survive without it. The love of my mama got me through. The love of my mama made me who I am in terms of just being sane. But you know what made me tough? You know what made me don't take no stuff? is that my daddy wasn't like my mama. I don't have any recollection of my father giving me anything. If I wanted something, I had to ask for it. And even when he was giving it to me, he held it out. He looked at my face the whole time because if you weren't grateful for the little dollar he was giving you he would put it back in his pocket I wish I had a witness and you asked him for 20 he gave you a 10 you better laugh about that 10 I don't know if you ever had to be grateful around a 10 when you needed a 20. I don't know if you, I don't know if you were made to be that way. You just didn't get everything you wanted from my daddy. I have no recollection of my father giving me anything. Everything I got from him, and I got a lot from him, but everything I got from him, I had to be bold. I had to make up in my mind what I wanted. I had to approach him boldly. I couldn't be afraid of him. I had to have faith in his love. 
when I got near him, he'd say, what do you need? And I would tell him what I wanted and tell him what I needed. And he would hold it out and I had to take it. I think one of the problems with us, with God, is we are sitting around waiting for God to do something when God is sitting around waiting for us to bind on earth and it be bound in heaven. I think God has held out everything we need for life and godliness. I think our problem is that we are trying to deal with God like he's our mama. The church is supposed to be the mama. The church just loves you. The church just hugs you. The church just kiss you. The church just laced up. The church is supposed to rub your head and not judge you. But if you ever go have a relationship with the father, you're going to have to realize that even after he do what he going to do, you're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to be bold. You're going to have to have faith. God going to do it, but you still going to have to take it. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, and the folk who get stuff are forceful. Now, I don't know exactly what group you fit into. I'm an African-American. You might be a woman. You might be a white person. Thank you for coming. You may be a white person. Thanks for watching. You may be Australian. You may be Ghanaian. You may be Nigerian. I don't know what you are. A whole lot of folk in here. I don't know if you ever see how prosperous the wicked seem. I'm just going to let that marinate for just a second till I get somebody honest in the room where it's just annoying how the wackest, evilest, wrongest, stealingest groups seem to have everything. Sorry, North Carolina. Everything. Right now, you can barely read your paper. Inflation, and now they're going to raise the interest rates and trying to find inflation. And I read this whole article about this dude who's saying that the job market is too soft and we need to lay 130 people and all this stuff that goes. And I just sat back there and I thought to myself, isn't this amazing? Someone asked a question. I was watching an interview and someone asked a question. What's the difference between the debt that America has and the debt that Africa has? And the difference between American debt and African debt in this article was basically, in essence, saying that it, American debt is in its own dollars, whereas Africa's debt is in American dollars. Now, so African nations have been made to buy grain from America even though they have the soil to grow their own food, but they are being made to grow crops to benefit developed nations, and they are being made to be reliant on grain from foreign powers so that foreign powers can take it by force if they have to. 
Now, you can sit there and read this and look at that stuff, and you can sit around and be upset about it and talk about how evil it is. No doubt about it. Got you. Or you could take a cue from it and decide that you are done waiting for somebody to give you something that's not for you. I don't know what it's going to take for us to understand. They really not for you. Now, when you get to the place where you realize they really not for you, then you realize that what you are going to have is what you are going to take. You'll have to take it. To me, that's Jericho. When I say Jericho, I don't know what comes to mind for you. I don't know if you just learned about it in Sunday school. But when I say Jericho, <laughs> there's a whole mouthful that I mean. Jericho is a take it passage. Joshua says, shout for the Lord has given you the city. What's the city? The city is whatever you are being kept out of. That is your next level. Whatever it is that you are dissatisfied with. And I pray that God will inflict you with dissatisfaction. I pray that God will make you tired of not having enough. And that you will march through a wilderness and dare God to knock some walls down. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Jericho means so much. I can barely read the passage without running. Jericho means so much. When I see Jericho, I throw some thoughts on the screen. When I see Jericho, Jericho is a battle against long odds. For anybody that's battling against long odds, Jericho is your passage. Because a fortified city is not an easy city to take down. And a fortified city is a city that's supposed to take time to take it down. They did in seven days what it really should have took two years to do. I'm believing that God will do something for somebody in the next seven days. Can I just speak that over somebody around the world or in the room? I'm praying that you'll get a seven-day thing happening that was supposed to take two years or three years to take. I'm a living witness. God can do a quick work in your life. God can do something that didn't nobody think nobody, you could do. It's a battle against long odds. It's a battle that's supposed to take longer than it does, and it ends up happening quick. Jericho is... A breakthrough I've circled more than once. Jericho is something that I saw. I walked around it. 
and I was believing God for that. And when I walked around it the first time, I didn't get it. But I was like, that's all right. Because just because I didn't get it on the first time I circled it, don't mean it's not mine. I went back the next day. I walked around that thing again. I said, God, this is my house. God, this is my property. God, this is my job. God, this is my breakthrough. I walked around it more than one time. Jericho represents something that you had to want bad enough to keep trying. Because God could have knocked the walls down on the first march. Just because you're on your fourth march don't mean God has said no. I don't know who that's for. Just because this is your fourth time around don't mean God's not about to break some walls down. You just got to keep on walking. You got to keep on marching. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. Somebody's on their fourth march around. Somebody, somebody on their fifth march around. Don't you dare give up on your sixth day when your seventh day is when the walls are about to come down. Jericho is a breakthrough I've circled more than one time. Jericho is winning with untested troops. See, Jericho is the first battle on the way to Canaan. Jericho is a battle they fought when they were just getting out of being slaves. Slaves don't fight like tested troops fight. But maybe the reason why... God decided to give slaves a nation is because when you are the least, you're not going to inherit it. You have to take it. And instead of sitting around complaining about how we're still a permanent underclass, maybe we can get some Holy Ghost in us and decide, well, if you won't give it, we will take it. Oh, I wish I had a witness in this building this morning. Instead of me giving you our money, instead of us giving them all our money back, we decide we are going to keep our own wealth and our own community. We don't even know how to fight right. Jericho is winning a battle and ain't nobody ever fought before. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here on that. Because I'm believing God that the Lord will put you in a position that you ain't never done before. I'm believing he's going to put you in a situation that you don't know before. That you're going to be a little uncomfortable. And you're going to be a little bit out of your comfort zone. And you're going to be a little bit, I don't know what's going to happen next. And you're going to be a little, just understand, a little bit of that, I don't know, is a little bit of that how God's going to bless you. Because the Lord don't always bless you the way you know. Can I get a witness in the building? Anybody, God had to get you absolutely out of your comfort zone. I need a witness. I need a witness. I need a witness around the world so I won't just talk about me because God had to get me out of my comfort zone. 
I was born in Philly, raised in Boston. I'm a city boy. I grew up, uh, my dad's first church was across the street from the projects. So I grew up in the city. And now I am country to my feet. I got a truck. I got a four-wheeler. I'm getting ready to send some deer to see the dear Jesus that died for their dear sins in not many days hence. I'm a hunter. What has happened is God had to get me outside of what I knew and outside of my comfort zone and outside of everything I always thought it was. My daddy was the bishop of the city. I played basketball in the city. I went to high school in the city. I knew everybody in Boston. It just made sense for me to be there. And the Lord had to take me out of what I knew and bring me down here with y'all and make me learn how to eat a biscuit. And what a blessing it is. Just because you never fought this fight before don't mean you won't win. I don't know who that's for. Somebody's facing the unknown. But just because you ain't never done it before don't mean that you're not about to experience victory. As, as, a matter, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, can I tell you something? God got a way of doing things. And if what you had already been doing was working, it'll work by now. And so now maybe God got to do something that your eyes have not seen and your ears have not heard. Jericho is the, y'all, I love this one, Elder Clark. Jericho is the doorway to Canaan. Now, if you're like me, most of us in here have never really seen Canaan. We was raised by parents that were either coming out of slavery to sin or walking through a wilderness in which there was miracles and water from water and water from rocks and quail from the sky because you need miracle power like that when you're in the wilderness. Most of us judge all church by miracles because wilderness is where we live. If we could ever get to Canaan, Canaan is the culmination of the will of God and blessing in the earth. Don't let nobody tell you that it's God's plan for you to be broke. Did you hear what I just said? Whoever told you that does not know the Bible. It is not God's plan for you to barely make it and don't know where you're going to go and don't know how you're going to pay your bill. If God held you through that, that's all right, but you're in the wilderness, baby. In Canaan, there's a land flowing with milk and honey. In Canaan, God will give you every place where you set your foot. In Canaan, you have property. In Canaan, you have territory. In Canaan, you got some savings. In Canaan, you got some investments. In Canaan, you got some enemies, but you got weapons to fight your enemies. In Canaan, you have a prayer life and a sword. 
In Canaan, you got a prayer life and a financial advisor. In Canaan, you got the Holy Ghost and you got a job. In Canaan, you walking in the purpose of God and you don't hate your day. You know why everybody was trying so hard to be a preacher and everybody was trying so hard to be called? It's because they hated their job. They figured, I just got to be in the ministry. Just because you hate your job don't mean you called. Jericho is the doorway to Canaan. It is the doorway from slavery through the law that was given in the wilderness, through the miracles that happened in the wilderness, to go on the doorstep into this land flowing with milk and honey. Land with grapes so big, it takes two men to carry it. I am believing God for more than just enough. I am believing God for an abundance. I am believing God that I won't leave my children broke how I found myself. I'm believing God that I will leave an inheritance for my children's children. I believe in God that when I step to heaven, I'll leave a will. I'm believing God that when I step to heaven, everything will be in a living trust. I am believing God that you will have more than you have now. Somebody better clap their hands and believe that. Somebody around the world better say, oh, that's a word for me, Pastor Andy. I'm done. He goes, all of that's great, but here's my last point, and I'm done. Because when I see Jericho, I also see agreement power. God could have knocked them walls down doing anything. God could have knocked them walls down from just the trumpets. But he said, what I want y'all to do is march around the walls for six days. And on the seventh day, God's number perfection, I want you to march around it seven times. And on the seventh time, I want everybody to shout all at the same time and when the trumpets blast and everybody shouts the walls will come down what I want you to do is I want you to put a praise on whatever it is that you believe in God for but I don't want you to just praise by yourself I want everybody to praise all at the same time because there's power if you can agree. For God to decide to display his power through the agreement of the people that speaks to me. Because I realize God is powerful. God is mighty. God is strong. And he has decided to imbue his power in certain things. 
And one of those things is, can we agree? That is why when you walk in here, you see everybody worshiping and standing. Because when we all are praising, something happens in the room. That's why if I say wave at me and you sit there with your arms crossed, you might feel like you're just exerting your right to be an individual, but what you're actually doing is you're messing with the anointing of the moment. If you're too tired to wave at me, then just stay at the house. Because everybody at the house ain't waving at me. Wave at me. Wave at me. Everybody at the house ain't waving because they're in their kitchen and in their living room and in their family room. And they ain't got to wave. But something happens when everybody waves. Something happens when everybody claps. Something happens when everybody shouts. Something happens when everybody decides. Something happens when everybody's in agreement. Something happens when the people of God come together. Something happens when we agree. It's one of the most difficult things to do is to get us to agree because we're all different and we all have different backgrounds and we all have different experiences and we all different this and different that. Some of us is this and some of us is that. Some of us is this thing. Some of us is another thing. I met a Nigerian couple this past week. It was my first time being able to tell somebody I'm 45% Nigerian. They were all over me, buddy. Oh, they hugged me. Oh, they were giving me a Nigerian name. And they were just telling me what tribe I'm probably from. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. And then they were like, what's the rest, though? And when I told them 40% white, they said, mm, ah, ah. Almost as white as Nigerian. Can I still come to the tribal council? Got a hard enough time agreeing with yourself. We are so conflicted. Especially today. I grew up in a time when it was black and white. No gray. You were saved. You didn't go to the movies. I'm not going to say them all. You didn't even go near a liquor store. I'll just leave that one alone. Let alone go in a liquor store. Now we just, in our own selves, want to come to church and not praise. We're just conflicted. First, we got to come into agreement with ourselves and decide, am I saved or not? And I'm not saying nothing about whatever it is you do because that's where we got messed up. Trying to put cultural expressions on sin and holiness. I'm not preaching that stuff. I'm just saying to you, do you belong to God or not? And if you belong to God, then agree with people that belong to God. If there's one way we ought to be able to agree in here is that we belong to him.
Because agreement is power. Jericho is about agreement. Jericho is about a people all coming together and shouting at the same time. Jericho is a first fruit. Jericho is an offering to God. And they lose the next battle because they didn't agree about the offering. Jericho is a sign that when the people of God come together, when we agree together, there's nothing that can stop us if we can simply agree. Put your hands together if you heard a word from the Lord this morning. I said put your hands together if you heard a word from the Lord this morning. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Just stay in your seat. Stay in your seat. Just raise your hands just a little. Not enough to be tired. Just a little bit. Because I want to breathe a blessing on you right now. God, I breathe more onto your people. Greater. We're going to have to take it. There's jobs, we're going to have to take it. There's businesses, we're going to have to take it. There's promotions, we're going to have to take it. There's rights, we're going to have to take it. There is laws, we are going to have to take it. The kingdom of, of heaven suffered violence, and the, it is forcefully advancing, and we're going to have to be forceful people to lay hold of what you have for us. We are done waiting. It's time for us to take. In the name of Jesus, and I pray, Lord God, not only will you fill us with yourself, but that you'll satisfy our longing with good things like never before. Like never before. Rain on us. Breathe on us. Shower down. Send your spirit, Lord. And we'll praise you. What you do, what you say, you're worthy in Jesus' name. We all sit together. Can I get you to give? Can I get you to give really quickly? Can I get you to give? I've been challenging everybody to be a giver. We've been challenging everybody to be a tither. We've got a little card that we've been giving everybody, automate the important. We've been saying if everybody just tithes, if we all could just agree together. If we can agree, we're on our way to this Victory Park and, and we've been taking up this building fund offering. And if you take that picture, that QR code, you'll be able to donate to the park and you'll be able to give to our building fund. It's our permanent home. We haven't got long to stay here. We're on our way out of here. And uh, this is our last year in this building. Hallelujah, it just got started. Our lease is up in September of next year. You can put your hands together. We have been in this wilderness for a mighty long time and it's time for us to take possession of our Canaan amen time for us to take possession of our Canaan and no one's gonna give it to us we're gonna have to take it we're gonna have to take it we're gonna have to come together and take it we own this land it's about two miles away people are still sending me questions all the time the land is about two miles from here okay about two and a half three miles at the most from here if you go down Miami all the way to the end and not, right where 70 is and take a left on 70 that's still Miami 
Take a left on 70. You take a right on 70, you'll be heading towards Raleigh. This is where everybody's in the area. But if you take a left, you're heading towards Durham, and you're heading toward all the new highway work. You go down there on the left. There's a forest down there. We've got 26 acres that's, that's sitting there. There's another 28 acres next to it that I believe in God for. Hallelujah. I've already started walking around it and spitting on it. But anyway, but we are about to build... This building, it's going to be about 100,000 square feet, and it's going to be our sanctuary, state of the art. We're going to reach the world. We're also going to, to, uh, to reach the community. In essence, really, beloved, we're building an event center, really. Victory Park is an event center. It's an event center. Basketball and tournaments and, and food and cafe, and there's this thing for children, and it's just going to generate its own income all week long. And in a sense, beloved, as much as World Overcomers, I mean, it'll be our church, but you know what we're going to do? We're also we're going to operate almost as if we're tenants in our own building. We're going to pay the rent to ourselves. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. We're going to separate this thing out. And I'm working with the lawyers behind the scenes. We're getting ready to build something really powerful. And it's going to be able to impact the community in a significant way. I really see it like as a light in the darkness. I see it as like a 24-hour space where it's just, it's always open. Somebody can always come in who needs help and trying to find their way and young men and I if I start talking about it oh my lord what God is going to do and I, the first Sunday in November is going to be vision Sunday and I'm going to really talk vision to everyone but but that's what we're giving to and we want you to be a tither and you can automate the important or you can give to the park and uh, come on let's bow our heads and pray for this offering around the world I need you to give lord I thank you right now for this moment that we have to walk by faith and not by sight. You've given us an opportunity to walk by faith and not by sight. You've given us an opportunity to march around a Jericho. And Lord, you're going to knock the walls down, but we're going to rush in and take it. Thank you right now for the unity in the spirit through the bond of peace. Thank you that you're uniting us beyond color lines. You're uniting us beyond generational lines. You're uniting us across gender. Lord, it doesn't matter what we are. We are united together. Agreeing together about your anointing. Take this offering and multiply it supernaturally. That's always what I'm asking you. Multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. We're asking you for miracles. Miracles in the lives of your people. We praise you for what you're doing and saying. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. God bless you as you give. As the bucket passes you, just stay in your seat for just a second. We're going to let you go and... And uh, thank you so much for your generosity and your tithe belongs to God. But your offering is an opportunity for you to be generous to the kingdom of God. Your tithe belongs to God, but your offering is a way for you to connect your destiny to what God is doing. Your tithe belongs to God, but your offering is about you being a part of something that's bigger than just your stuff. One of the cultural values of World Overcomers is that what I'm a part of is bigger than the part I play. When you tithe, when you give, you've decided to be a part of something bigger than you. And there is a clarity of purpose. There is a confidence in knowing 
one of the things that I have to battle to not do, especially these days since I'm getting old, is I have to battle to not ask hard questions. Whenever someone comes to me and they say to me, I'm just shaking in my confidence, I always want to ask them, are you connected to the kingdom? You can only be but so shook if you have a kingdom connection. You can only be but so afraid if you know you are connected to the purpose of God. It's when you get disconnected from his purpose that the variables of life make you worry. One of the armor bearers sent me a text. Said, oh, I was, he was somewhere and then something in his blood or something went up and, and, and he was in the hospital. They wondered, was he having a heart attack or this or that? He sent me a text, pray for me. I sent him a text back and said, I'm praying for you, but I'm not worried because we have work to do. Oh, I need a witness in the building. I said, I need a witness in the building. He said, that's right, PA, we have work to do. So you won't worry if you know you're connected to the purpose of God. You'll be like, oh, no, 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 the devil can't take me out of here. I'm not done yet. I'm not finished yet. God's not done with me yet. No, no, there's still work for me to do. What is that heart attack? Get out of here. God still, still, still has work for me to do. What is that? Get out of here. High blood pressure, the devil is a liar. Do you understand that I am chasing after the purpose of God in my life? Do you understand that I'm living by my calling? You can't take me out till it's my time to go. Because I'm connected to something bigger than just me and my stuff. Something about being connected to a vision. It gives you confidence. Jump on your feet. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for walls down to power. Thank you that we are strengthened by the mighty power of heaven and we can conquer. Thank you that we're leaning on the everlasting arms. Even those of us who feel least in the kingdom, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Now I ask you, God, to dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood as we leave, as we go home. For people watching around the world, as they shut their, their stuff down, whatever day it may be, God, I pray that your glory will be revealed in us. That the world will see it. Protect us from danger seen and unseen. Watch over us. God, as we always pray, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Because, God, you're our rock and our redeemer. And, God, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And, God, may the words of this moment saturate everything we do. And bless your people. Smile on your people. Grace to your people. Favor on your people. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. You are dismissed. Thanks for being here today. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.